0: Hello and welcome back to the Somerset news podcast. Today we're back with a brand new episode this time I'm joined with Alex Cad, school games organiser at SASP and he's here to talk about a few different things really including what he does at SASP but also something a little bit more specific and exciting too um, but before we kind of go into it as always I'm just going to play the intro. Welcome to the Somerset Moves podcast, a podcast made by the people of Somerset, made for the people of Somerset. Join me, Sarah Crossley, and special guests from the team at SASP and local organisations for exciting insight into the programmes we have to offer. So, join us and join the conversation. So, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode's podcast.
1: Thank you very much. I'm very much looking forward to being here. I've listened to a few of the previous episodes, and I've absolutely loved listening to your amazing conversation. So, I'm glad to be a part of it. Thank
0: you. I feel like that's the second compliment on this because before we started recording for all of our listeners today, you had already said that. So, uh, thanks for saying it again. Very because, um Yeah, I'll take all the compliments I can get on the podcast. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I thought it'd be great if you could kind of introduce yourself, what you do for SASP, your job roles, and then onto the like really exciting stuff, which is why we're here today.
1: Sure. So, uh, as you previously mentioned, I'm the new school games organiser for Sedgemoor and Mendip, um, which means I'm responsible for facilitating and elevating school sport all across Somerset. Um, and then, alongside that role, I'm also very fortunate to work with schools in Mendip and then also West Somerset, so like the Taunton area. Um, Going for equal access um, for girls football, um, which I think is really, really important and very topical at the moment With the uh, on the back of the success of the Lionesses and the Euros um, and something that I'm incredibly passionate about and learning about and working professionally has made me a better coach and I feel like it's something that um, is so empowering and is fantastic for me to be a huge part of that in my day-to-day working life.
0: It feels like your job role is very, like I guess, similar to mine, like hard to... Explain properly, do you know? Because you do so many different things, don't you?
1: Yeah, I wear Um, a lot of different hats, yeah, blends into one, and it's sometimes crosses the line between uh job and passion. I think, I think that's probably the best balance to have isn't it it's yeah
0: just... I think that's really good especially when you're passionate about your job I suppose like what I want to go into is like what brought you to to where you are now so what got you into working with it's with schools isn't it yes what you do. Yeah. yeah
1: so um I always knew I wanted to be involved in sport so I think going through school uh, football was the sport that I gravitated towards mm-hmm. of course football being very very accessible and um, I believe it was year nine when I had a, a teacher that I really, really looked up to explain that teaching sport means that as a job they just get to um, play sport, teach sport and then you know experience it professionally and I think that was that was probably the origin story of me and then going through university and studying sort of sport and sport science was a way that um, opened my eyes to different learning theories and ways that we can uh use the power of sport beyond just the physical performance um yeah. and of course moving it through into uh like the mental health, mental well-being side of things. Um physical education is so much more than just physical. Um and for me, exploring that through football was sort of the way I wanted to go. And thankfully that's kind of where I've landed. And um I, I absolutely love it. And I think to give back to so many people that are involved in football and potentially girls that is it's fantastic now to see it growing and really evolving in the way that it is because that's how it always should have been but previously the way that people may have been denied those opportunities that were so easily afforded to myself um, I get to make that difference now which is my motivation for getting out of bed in the morning and doing that job so yeah that's kind of where I am now and I'm really really excited to keep pushing it and sharing what I'm doing with other people.
0: That's really amazing you can hear that you're very passionate about it and also to hear like how you got into it And I really like that point you made about like physical education isn't just about the physical side of it, is it? Because it's not like we know, you know, throughout our stats and, you know, through children's lives, how important physical activity is to your mental and physical well-being, of course. Um, And especially to those who might not have, you know, might have limited accessibility to that. So having coaches and mentors in place that can actively, you know, make that possible, I think is, is really, really good going forward as well um it'd be great if you could like i suppose introduce us all to to barclays i'm going to say this wrong so i would need you to say it's uh, really sure. first. so my
1: my title is the uh barclays strategic lead for girls football and then i have two partnerships i have the the Mendit partnership and the west somerset partnership so i'm very fortunate that i have two amazing areas to work with and um push football in those areas um, and then a lot working with a lot of different people so for myself it crosses my boundary between my school games organiser role when I have that hat on and I also get to work with the amazing um, Taunton children and young people team um, when it comes to football in Taunton and West Somerset Um, and yeah it's fantastic that we've really made some solid progress this year and of course we're getting better uh, with each and every day really so yeah, fantastic.
0: That's great. And I um, think
1: it's been, it's been pushed forward. I think I'd, I'd love mm. to take you back. So I've I've written this down because I think this is this is the fantastic narrative I think that really propelled girls' football into the mainstream. So I want to take you back to uh, July last year. Okay, so nearly a whole year ago now, July 2022. Uh, Wembley Stadium is absolutely full. We're absolute max capacity, over 90,000 fans and spectators.
0: Is it that big? It's
1: that big, it's huge.
0: Sorry, that's incredible. So I know, <laughs> that people, that I don't think people. I've been around that many people at once all. Um, so yeah,
1: 90,000 people watching um, 22 uh, strong, powerful women playing football for the biggest international tournament uh, in Europe. Um, and I I know exactly where I was, I was watching it with my family, and 50 million people viewed that one match wow. uh, on TV Uh, which is incredible. And then over 365 million people watched the tournament worldwide. So I think that just shows the sheer gravity that women's football um, has and the power power for women's football to take centre stage. Um, And I think that was absolutely incredible. And we all remember Chloe Chloe Kelly's fantastic extra time goal against Germany and the celebrations and the elation and the joy that that brought to so many people, uh, proving to um, not only us as a nation, but the world and, and Europe especially that women's football is here to stay and i think it's a driving force that um like i've previously mentioned i'm so lucky to work with and be a very very small part of making that happen for girls in my local area yeah um and i think the the crazy thing was how uefa reported the sort of impact of that afterwards so since the tournament uh, over 416,000 new opportunities have been created in schools clubs right. and communities uh, for women's women and girls in those host cities so there were lots of uh, pockets of, um, audiences that were surrounding the host cities. So I know Manchester, London, especially, uh, Southampton, um, were some of the host cities for that tournament. Half of local residents and two in five spectators have been inspired to do more sport and physical activity on behalf, on the back of the women's Euros, um, which is fantastic. I think those, those numbers speak for themselves. And I think it's made women's football, um, something that should be taken seriously and I think it always should have been taken seriously and it's just cemented absolutely. that. that um, and then my last sort of um, fact is basically that the uh, final matches in the Barclays Women's Super League the attendances were up 200% since last year so the fact that elite women's football is just as accessible and is still thriving on the back of the Euros even now is absolutely fantastic to see and I think that's where the difference has been made and the fact that it's accessible to young girls. They can see role models in, in social media and uh, social media mainstream media. I think that's really, really yeah. huge.
0: I think um, that's a that's a key thing actually here, isn't it? Is seeing that even for me, I mean, I don't play football and it's not, it wasn't my focus sport when I was younger, yeah. but even seeing that and being like, huh, this is like, you know, just as important and just, you know, as much of a thing as men's football, Definitely. I suppose, because for me, like you i very much see it all over media you, know, you see the the world cup euros and it's just like all of these you know strong and passionate men and then you've got like the women's world cup and it's like yeah that's just as important and just you know as great and to see it's making this positive difference and to see this, you know, all these facts you've shared and making such positive impact on young women's lives is so good. Like, it's really, really great. That accessibility side as well, yeah. you know, that people are able to jump into a sport that they might be interested in, but might have thought, Oh, I can't do that. You know, cause we should never feel like, Oh, I can't do that because I am, you know, it yeah. should be, I could never do that because there isn't enough in place for me, but now actually it's, I can do that, and I will do that, and I think that's really good.
1: And, and I think, for myself, I, I can put myself in that privileged of you know straight white male and feel that when I'm learning about the barriers that exist, that they were never barriers to me. And I think yeah. that's really important. That um, is fantastic. It is to have fantastic female role models. There's also been a real opportunity for education and learning, especially from my own point of view. Absolutely, um, yeah. even down to the, the grassroots level of being really, really careful with the script and narrative that i sometimes use so for example there was a game uh, i played as, as a kid growing up playing football called king of the ring and since coaching um girls football teams predominantly uh, like uh, just girls football teams the idea of saying queen of the ring instead and just changing that narrative or you know picking a mainstream a lioness such as you know kira walsh chloe kelly um Ellen White, for example, um, as role models to say, you can be like them, whereas previously I might have only gone like Wayne Rooney, like, you know, Frank Lampard, or yeah. like these these players that sort of go beyond football. Um, and I think that that's really important.
0: Definitely. I think that active inclusion there and, you know, inclusive language as well in sport is something that we're constantly trying to improve and strive to, to be better at. And you know, even me, again, I don't coach any sport at all. can't even imagine myself doing that. But, um, you know, it's it's that importance, isn't it, of making everyone on that pitch feel included. And so it's really positive to hear, like, that impact you're making by, you know, including women in sport and including people, again, like you say, that go beyond just being in sport um, and examples. And just that change of language, I think, is really important too because it's those little things that do make a big impact, I think, and... Um, See, so, yeah, I think that's really lovely.
1: No, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's. Um, yeah, it's definitely made me a better coach. It's definitely made me more empathetic, and I think um, it's made my my coaching relationship with the people I work with, um, both professionally and as as a role model, um, a lot easier and more beneficial to them and and myself. There's, it's learning works both ways.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, that's so good to hear. Yeah, definitely. I think we're quite lucky at SAS. At least in my experience, is that. I, I suppose many of them, like my colleague, you know, it's learning both ways, yeah. very open to go, actually, there's more we could learn and, and back and forth. And I think that's how things grow and develop and become better. You know, we've all got to kind of want to learn and actively take it forward. So, yeah, it's really positive. It's a very positive change to hear. And it's really refreshing, it I suppose, because you need to hear the changes that are happening. It's not even behind the scenes, the changes that have happened. Changes that are happening on the ground for these people who are, you know, our future, you know, I to say influencers, but you know, mm. those future women that could then be involved in this, they're the people that are going to take forward this change and do something about it. So it's really great to hear that you're involved in that and that Somerset is part of that, I think.
1: Definitely. I, th- I think something that is also become really apparent is so within my role for Buckley's, the, the aim is to achieve equal access for girls in schools, So they get exactly the same uh, opportunities to meet to meet the demand uh, for them to play football within schools. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're aiming to do by 2024, was part of um, the, the long-term plan um, by the FA. So we, we achieved winning an uh, international tournament, fantastic. And one of these other objectives is to um, achieve equal access. So one of the things that I'm really pushing is... Uh, encouraging schools to maybe highlight that just because you're offering a football club, um, even though it's mixed, sometimes girls feel more empowered um, and um, connected to the to the club if they have their own girls only. You know they take ownership yeah. of that environment. I think that's fantastic. A lot of schools find that mixed is really really good um, and it works. And then in some instances it doesn't because there are some girls that just aren't don't feel brave enough because of the way football has. Um, evolve currently and I think especially like I said going back to having things in the mainstream media and showing that it is possible has given them that confidence and that boost to make that happen Um, so with with the programme that I do I do a lot of um, teaching through football using Disney narrative, using the Disney shooting styles which is an absolutely fantastic programme and I think it's a really good way to engage um, girls with physical activity and football um, without the primary focus being on football, it's a fantastic programme that just at the end of the day gets kids active and moving and just enjoying what they're doing at the same time I think that's a huge aspect of enjoying it and having fun Uh, and then of course the pathway being so concrete now that they go through into um, the the upper stages of that into Wildcats externally and then um, now the FA squad girls Um, and then of course moving forward into those more common um, you know dedicated football clubs that are girls only and I think popping up especially in Somerset has been huge there's been Applications for more wildcat centers. There's so many more clubs popping up. Um, and alongside new facilities, there's got to be a commitment there to also offering, um, facilities that cater for girls only and boys. Like that, that split has got to be there. So when new facilities are put in place, um, you know, yeah. a certain allocation of that facility's use has to be for those different demographics. And yeah. I think that's a fantastic step forward at making sure that when these new resources become available, that they can be accessed by everyone, um, and it's just really amazing to see. I think the p- football is universal; it's more than just a game. Like to, you know, it's quote every cliche under the sun, but I think it's something that we can use as a vehicle to push these important topics.
0: Definitely, and I think that's something that growing up as a, well for me as a teenager, I always used to have that perception of football being like boat oh, sport and it's just kicking a ball around a pitch yeah. but actually there's a lot more to it isn't there you've got the community aspect you've got the the feel-good aspect especially if you're involved in playing the game um making friends developing you know yourself also future careers too i mean like again you're a classic yep. example i own like,
1: I football quite a lot yeah so, um, and yeah. there's <laughs> so much
0: more to it isn't there rather than that um I suppose it's the the stereotype, isn't it, of that laddish behaviour that comes with it. Yeah. But actually, it there really is so much more to it, and I think I definitely saw that when I watched my first ever World Cup, which I don't even know what year it was, but it was the one. I was going to say the one with Harry Kane. You can tell I don't watch (laughs) football, can't you? Um. But I remember watching that, and it just like you feel yeah part of something, and I think that's a really great feeling. And yeah, I think football is really good for that. And I think sport in general anyway, isn't it? It's like it goes beyond the competitive side of it as as great as that is and competition works for a lot of people I think being part of a team and developing your skills and learning and you know working together and that sense of belonging
1: isn't it I think definitely I think
0: building that community is is really really great and if we can do that through sport as well as so many other provisions too then like why wouldn't we
1: definitely I think I think yeah the sense of belonging is huge and I think that is something that as a kid was my icebreaker my go-to was like oh what, what football team do you support or you know what position do you play and I think that really leapfrogged me over those awkward small talk conversations and I think that definitely helped me develop as a young person and being able to have that conversation and feel comfortable with someone else and connect over our mutual love of sport was fantastic and I think yeah I owe football a lot. I
0: think that's really really good to hear yeah so Alex I think what would be really good to for you to talk about and I suppose audio, audibly show through yeah. the podcast <laughs> is what you've got in front of you right now, sure. which you have brought on on the podcast to show me today, which is quite impressive. So I'll let you explain.
1: So I've, I've got a prop for the podcast so I can talk, talk you through it. So, you've got to um, rustle the paper. I've got to rustle the paper. For the
0: proof. There you go. There it is.
1: <laughs> I've tried. Um, and just to show really how invested and um, excited I was by the prospect of uh, mm. the Women's Euros last year was that a, ch- a childhood sort of... Um, dream of mine was in football there's always sticker albums and collectibles and like match text things like that and I always had these as a kid Um, and when you're an adult you can of course um, be a tiny bit uh, more careful with what you purchase and something for me I really wanted to do for myself was finish one of the sticker albums and with all the hype surrounding the lionesses and the fact that they were favorites was also something that drew me to uh, purchasing the panini sticker album and i can say and sarah you can vouch for me here i
0: can vouch for you it <laughs> is it is very i mean it's complete 100 percent, 100
1: percent complete i managed to collect all of the stickers um and this served a dual purpose for me like i mentioned previously that i feel a lot more confident using um female role models and lionesses especially when i'm coaching myself um and just having having sort of a Visual way of having that yeah. presented as well it was really really cool, um, and then also being a bit more um international with the way that I can then draw on different role models and things like that was fantastic, um, and it also meant I could keep up with the games or the tournament was happening, and um, yeah, so sort of a childhood dream of mine was to finish one of these sticker albums, and uh, I did, and for me it's quite a cool memento now because they were our European champions, and uh...
0: yeah, I was you can see, it like. I'm That's, going to keep
1: it very safe now, I've shown that you. That is
0: a bit of history. Yeah, you want to get that, I don't know, in a frame. Can and I get
1: it in a frame?
0: Stored yeah. away.
1: But um, yeah, like I said, it was just something that I feel was a testament to how much it encouraged me to be invested and yeah. the way that I felt connected to it on a different level. Um, and yeah, something that I can feel proud of and show off a bit. <laughs> and just, just really is a, test- a physical testament to how much it really encapsulated my interest and how passionate I am about it um and like I said it's just improved my coaching yeah
0: (laughs) I think it's really great because one thing I did just think about is like for me again as a kid I suppose like we're talking about young girls and and things like that and I think back to when I was that age and I just never would have gravitated towards like the men's football sticker books I mean it just wasn't my interest really but that is like oh people like me are doing, like, these incredible things. And I think that's really awesome. And there's so much to learn about that. Like,
1: definitely,
0: you can go to, you know, a group of young, aspiring girls who want to get involved in football and go, look at all these women doing these incredible things too. And these are those women based in, like, England, for example. And I think that's really incredible. And again, like, from just all over, you know... The, I was going to say the world, but you know.
1: Yeah, well, they the they, play, they play all over the world as well. Yeah, I think, it's I think incredible showing the diversity there. Like just looking, I've got an open like double page spread, and you can just see like the diversity of the different people that are playing and where they play. Yeah. Um, and really, yeah. That if if a young girl couldn't take this and find a role model that they can look up to and think, I see a bit of myself in them, I think, I think they struggle to not do that. So, um, yeah, like I said, even for myself as a as a male, I think it's something that. Um, really enlightened me and helped me learn that it's such a huge thing and that there are so many people involved in football in so many different yeah. ways
0: and it really goes beyond just the game doesn't it and Definitely. I think talking to you today I've actually picked up on that myself quite a bit because I yeah I suppose even before I speak to you I have that stereotype really of it being like it's football <laughs> um but actually it's there's so much more to it and again seeing this all complete is like wow that is impressive <laughs> like not just to have collected all those stickers, but impressive in the sense that like, wow, there's so many women actively engaged in this and this is incredible. And hopefully so many more young girls who then will be participating in this in, in the future. Definitely. So I think that's really,
1: really great. And I think as you, as you mentioned, it's more than just the performance, the playing side of it as well. I think there with the, with the program that I do, there's so many different ways that young girls can get involved. So from a primary level to a secondary level, uh, Playing and participation and performance, of course, are huge elements of it. Um, We're launching this month our first FA Whistlers training, which is all about giving girls aged between 11 and 14. So sort of like year six leverage to year nine, um, the chance to gain a junior referee qualification. So getting more girls into officiating in football, which is um, fantastic. Uh, The qualification and course um, I'm really, really looking forward to delivering. Um, and then again, the, the leadership aspect there, you know, if, you, if you're not a player, you can be a coach, you can be, you know, a team assistant. Um, there are so many different ways that you can get involved in football um, and girls' football in particular. Like I said, I've, I've got heavily involved with girls' football in the last um, year, 18 months. And um, yeah, it's definitely made my coaching experience that much better. Um, and I, I owe it to a lot of really, really passionate people that are really growing the game, growing the scene. And um, yeah, like I said, I'm very, very fortunate to be able to offer small piece of that pie to um to the girls that i'm involved with
0: i think that's really fantastic and it's also positive isn't it it's really growing and i think this really leads us on like you know so well onto telling people how they can get involved really so one thing i sort of want to ask you is you know if if you you're a young girl listening today and you you know if you're of any age really up to is it 18 I'm yeah, guessing, yeah. yeah um and you're thinking you know what I, I want to take that step into football, and I want to get involved. Um, what would you say to them? How can they get involved? What can they do to kind of, you know, get started?
1: Amazing. So th- there's loads of different ways they can get started. Uh, my first um, piece of advice would be to see what is available to you at your school. So maybe have a conversation with your your parent or guardian. What can you get involved with? Um, are th- are there any clubs already available to you? Um, if you feel that there isn't, then there are ways then that you can have those conversations with your school and make that happen. So for um, schools in Mendit and West Somerset, that's my role as a strategic lead to make that happen. So hopefully then we can create that contact with your school and uh, elevate those opportunities that are already available to you from the amazing ones that I've already mentioned. Um, and then if you're looking for anything outside of those school hours getting involved um, with local clubs There are ways that you can contact your local county FA. So for us here in Somerset, it's the amazing Somerset FA um, And there are lots of resources online where they can um, locate a club local to them And I know for a fact there's lots of uh, girls-only specific girls only clubs, those um, empowering female environments that are really um, You know giving a platform to girls that just want to play girls football and be part yeah. of something bigger and um yeah lots of wildcat centers uh, popping up which is fantastic a safe space for girls to play football um and then of course as you move into secondary years there's FA squads um and more leagues popping up all the time and i think that the demand is definitely there and the accessibility is growing every single every single day really um and like we mentioned previously the fact that the women's euros was only hosted sort of on that sort of northeastern sort of part of the uk i think now definitely if they were to host something again that there would be so many more venues it would be even more accessible um, and I can't wait to see that in the future. So, yeah, if I was a young girl, get involved, talk to your teachers, talk to county FA, have that conversation with your parents, and we can um, keep pushing the game in the best possible way.
0: Fantastic. That's great. Thank you so much. And also, I don't know, are you happy to share your no the address, Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: of course. So, um, if, if you'd like to get in touch with me directly, um, I am the Barclays Girls Strategic Lead for Mendip and West Somerset. My email is acared, which is a-C-A-I-R-D at sasp.co.uk
0: Brilliant, thank you and as always if you're interested in anything else that Somerset Activity and Sports Partnership might have to offer you um, you can go to Um, If you have any other questions at all you can message us directly on social media or you can email us at inquiries at sasp.co.uk too. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. Because, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's really really great to hear it's you know, such positive news and things going on on the ground in Somerset. And it's making an impact to people, you know, positive impact. So thank you so much, Alex.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And yeah, thanks for listening. I will be back again, I'm sure, very soon. Bye!